At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's not afraid to use our initiative, it's SIFPOP. Welcome to SIFPOP Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I carry him with me in my heart like an eternal flame. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. I am an excellent driver. And each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He wanted to be called William Shakespeare, but it was already taken. It's John Paula, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Woo! Hey, hello. How are you? Good to be back. Good. It's great to have you on the show, man. How you been? Likewise. I, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, the uh, the big child is, uh, I mean, the, the little one is learning to talk, and the big one's learning to talk back. So it's been a fun month. <laughs> mm. and, uh, uh, we, we've mostly moved in. Into uh, our new house here. I've repainted my office since the last time you saw me, but haven't quite had a chance to decorate. So by December's episode, and when I come back in a month, uh, maybe some maybe new stuff maybe on the wall. maybe some stuff, maybe some uh, Christmassy stuff. Maybe put Die Hard on the wall for a Christmas movie or something. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the uh, it, it is funny you mentioned that. It is almost like you can add like as children grow, like they learn to talk, then they learn to talk back. Then they learn to talk back and forth, like actually have conversations. Yeah. Like how far can you, you know, take that down the road? Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's fun. The talk back stage of life is is always yep. a good one. 
Everybody says it's the terrible twos. It's it's really the threes. It's really the threes where it really kind of kicks in and those power dynamics start to correct (laughs) (laughs) to start to figure that stuff out. Uh, Enough about parenting. Let's talk about pop culture. We've got a lot of fun stuff to get to. Uh, We've got uh, Red Notice, a new movie on Netflix that we're going to review. Uh, Finch, a new movie on Apple TV Plus that we're going to take a look at. Our best ever challenge will be best ever AI movies. And of course, we'll do some buried treasure uh, at the end to kind of send us out. Let's get into it. Let's talk about Red Notice. Hi, guys. How'd you find me? You stole William Strang's Lady with the Red Hat from the tape. You can't prove that was me. I got that on Etsy. I want you to help me catch the most wanted art thief in the world, the bishop. Hello, boys. It's so nice to finally meet you in person. She set me up, framed me. A few clever keystrokes and bye-bye, Adrian John Hartley. An Interpol-issued Red Notice is a global alert to hunt and capture the world's most wanted. But when a daring heist brings together the FBI's top profiler and two rival criminals, there's no telling what will happen. Uh, As mentioned, Red Notice dropped on Netflix this week. Been out technically in theaters a week or so. They're kind of doing this thing with all of their movies. They want to qualify for rewards, Aaron. Yeah, I, I'm not sure they needed that with this one. I'm not yeah, sure this what awards this one is going awards. for. But, uh, <laughs> but, but hey, you know, you do you. Think big, Netflix. Think big. Um, but it is kind of their practice now, and it's confused me a couple times this year uh, as behind the scenes uh, people can attest to. I have said we're talking about a movie on the show, and then none of us have access to see that movie because Netflix – uh, you know, put it out in like three or four mm. theaters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, it, it was it was theatrical, but not wide theatrical. It was right, available in and one so, or two cities, one or two theaters. It's messed me up a couple times, but I got it right this time. Uh, it did drop on Netflix this week, so let's talk about Red Notice. Ryan Reynolds, uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Dwayne Johnson are the three primaries uh, that are bringing this uh, to us. So, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? John, you kick us off. Uh, that was just okay. Just okay, it is, Andrew. Uh, let's go with low side of liked it. You know, I could, I, I could be per- I could be persuaded to say just I like the movie. Yeah, yeah, I could be persuaded to say that this is a terrible movie. I could Please. also be persuaded to say that I liked it. <laughs> is now refresh my. I, I need to write this down. Refresh my memory. Is just okay above or below liking it? No, below. below, definitely below. Just okay uh, is in kind of the there's there's it's a catch all for a lot of things, right? Like just okay yeah. is maybe there's a lot of stuff you liked about it, but also a lot of stuff you didn't like about it. So you kind of land in just okay. I, I think I'm with Andrew then. I think I'm low side of liked it. I think there was more here that I enjoyed. It sounds like we're all in the exact same place. I'm going to consider myself a little lower than you guys because I do think this movie has some real problems. But um, oh, big time. But I but I had so much. Fun. I mean, yeah, you know, like thing. it's it's just it's just one of those things where it's like a certain movie and specifically a movies with Ryan Reynolds in them do this thing to me where it's just like I just want to hang out with that guy for a couple hours. I'm having so much fun, like you know. Yeah. Uh, and then my my critic brain, my critical brain kicks in, and it's like, yeah, but this is 
you know, this thing is terrible. This thing is terrible. There's nothing new here. So much cliche, so much convenience, like all that stuff. Uh, the word convenience like, is a great way to describe so <laughs> many of my issues with this story. Yeah. Convenient notice. Uh, maybe we call it. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm going to land with you guys. Low side have liked it because I think that's the most honest place for me to land because I had a good time. And that's something, right? That's saying something. And I would recommend it, like, especially to people who aren't in like my film circles who are like, you know, taking stuff apart and thinking about things, you know, uber critically who are just, you know, hey, what's something we can throw on Netflix and enjoy, you know, uh, as a family or you'll enjoy tonight together. You'll, you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to land in low side. of liked it as well. Um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off with some of your specific thoughts? Uh, so I think the thing that everybody is going to agree about this movie is just chemistry, mainly between Dwayne and Ryan, you know, it's just that funny banter, that back and forth, you know, it made for a really fun buddy enemy, I don't know what, a frenemy dynamic, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and I actually really thought Gal Gadot's character, uh, you know, as this antagonistic, you know, like a... Uh, a, a character that they're racing against, you know, was a lot of fun. She didn't have really that much character development. There was like one or two scenes where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they're going to go somewhere with this character. But they they kind of dip their toes in, in fleshing this character out, but really uh, not too much. But really, it's going to be that you think that Ryan and Dwayne Johnson are just so fun together. That's going to be the big pro for this movie. You know, I might push back on that just a little bit. I didn't I didn't sense that as much. I mean, they were fun together, but I guess my thought is like name a movie where Ryan Reynolds has teamed up with somebody and not had good chemistry, like not been fun with them. Like I think he just well, has just a he, way just as he does, does it every time doesn't mean it's not great every time. No, you're right. You're you're not right, but I did feel like I, I did feel like there was at points, um, both between Ryan and Dwayne and also between Ryan and Gal and Dwayne and Gal, I do feel like there were points at time uh, where I was like, I'm not sure this is working completely. Um, mm, interesting. But I, I was always having fun. I was just like, I'm just I'm not sure I'm buying this relationship that they're talking about right now or the way that they're interacting. And it all felt very on the surface, which is OK, again, in a movie like this. But um but that's a, that's a very slight pushback. But um, but I get what you're saying. But again, I would I would probably put that in the bucket of the Ryan Reynoldsness of it all, as opposed to like a certain specific chemistry that any of them had. But yeah, yeah, okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. John? I'm inclined to agree with yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you, Aaron. I I felt like this. Well, Red Note has suffered. It, it <laughs> suffered. I think the most. Uh, if besides the word convenient, I think the word pastiche fits really well. This was yes. just an amalgamation of imitation. Like everything in this movie we've seen before in better yes. pictures. Ex- yes. Like a lot of it felt like the Uncharted video game series. Other parts of it felt like the Thomas, Thomas Crown Affair or Fast and Furious for a lot of it. Uh, and, and it's easy uh, because all three of these people were in the Fast and Furious franchise, including Ryan Reynolds. I don't think a lot of people remember. And yeah, he's got that cameo. There's so much of this movie that's like, yeah, this is fun. This is great. I'm having a good time. But I also have seen this movie in a bunch of other movies. Mm-hmm. And it, none of it really, I think, stood out for me in any way that was unique or original or exceptional. Um, Ryan seems to be doing Ryan. And that's mm-hmm. always entertaining, but it's also beginning 
to be a little bit tiresome. Like, I, I get it. You're like witty oh, and sarcastic, uh-huh. and no, you're yeah, handsome. I'm not tired of it. Yeah, I'm nowhere near tired. Maybe, of it yet. maybe not. But I, I, I definitely laugh at all of his humor. But like, right? He seems like he's in another. No one else is joking around with him, and he's just like doing his stand-up routine. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the middle of these action sequences, and it's like, is he? He seems like he's in another movie. Dwayne is doing this serious action film, and Ryan's doing a, a really sarcastic comedy. And I don't know that they ever really kind of connected on that, on the same page tonally. I mm-hmm. think, the, yeah, their relationship makes sense, I guess. Um, there's some elements that happen in the third act that I think were telegraphed based on their chemistry earlier. And I don't want to say much more to give anything away, but the, the some of the problems I had sort of resolved themselves by the end of the picture, but that doesn't make them better. Agree. And I, I will say this. We're not we're not going to do a sip spoil on this. There are yeah. some big things that we could talk about, but I, I, I don't I think we can talk around them just fine. And I think um, it's also not a huge surprise that sure, this is that the type of twist, movie right, that this yeah. is the type of movie that has some twists and reveals. You, um and, and to be fair, and, and like I don't think any of them were uh, particularly effective or surprising. It was like see, that's, yeah. so I will just so I'll push back on you with that. That is actually in the positive column. Okay. Probably one of my favorite things is that the story turns that this movie decides to make at the end, I actually thought made the movie better. I thought they, they were effective in spelling out some things. Oh, I, I agree been... they were effective. I just also saw them coming. Oh, okay. Sure. And sure. I think it's because I some of the script time, which is I fine, think some but, of the script know. work early kind of telegraphed certain things. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would this person know this or do this unless they were this person? Well, and, and, and for me, I'm watching the beginning just going, oh, this movie doesn't care if it makes sense or not. It's yeah, just having yeah. a good time. So I didn't even think I was, deeper about I it. I made the mistake of trying to make logical sense of Red Notice and so much of this, especially their escape from a Russian prison, all of it just exists on complete happenstance and exceptional luck. They're just mm-hmm. like, we're just going to climb out of this wall and hope there's an exit. I have no way of knowing what's on the other side of this wall but I'm just going to hope there's an escape route. Yeah. And oh, good, there is. That's great. And it's exactly big enough and, and supportive enough so that we can do it. But how would you have known that? No, yeah. but that's the thing. That's how, that's Ryan Reynolds' character. He's, if to pull from another one of his franchises, he's the domino, you know? Luck mm-hmm. is his power. Everything works out for yeah. him. Um, yeah. Here, I'm going to make a really weird comparison here, but please bear with me. Whenever love we're it. talking about, I love the tw- weird comparisons. It's one Whenever of my favorite things. We're talking things. about the, uh, <laughs> you know, the constant twists in this movie. It reminded me a lot of Wild Things, the Denise Richards, Kevin Bacon, you know, and for it, sure. And it got to the point in this movie where, yeah, I knew twists were coming. I may not have, you know, f- uh, had them all figured out. But mentally, I was prepared for the next twist where nothing really felt surprising because I'm like, okay, so what's going to be the next Mm. crazy, you know, thing around the corner? Oh, okay, so that's what that person really meant by when they said that. Oh, okay, so that person was really this person, you know? So it was was one of those things where I'm like, okay, yeah, my mentally, you know, I'm not as shocked as I would be had you not thrown a thousand twists in front mm-hmm. of this one, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I may end up being the one who says the most nice things about it because the other, the other thing in the positive category for me, it's not just Ryan Reynolds that keeps me having fun. 
Uh, it's also some of the set pieces are really fun. Some of the ways they do reveals are really fun. Um, this I like is... the camera work. There was some really, yes. really, inve- especially the opening establishing shot is high yep. above Rome. And then it swoops down in between the buildings and behind the car and then spins around as Dwayne gets out of a sports car. And that had to have been a blend of at least three or four different camera shots. And they do that a few times in the movie where they do these impossible continuous takes that no single camera could have done. Uh, yeah, and I, think the, I think the action works. I think there was some really cool and well-photographed set pieces. Uh, they did feel like this This looks like it was taken from Call of Duty 2. This looks like it was taken from an Uncharted game. This looks like it was taken yeah. from the Da Vinci Code. But I think if you had never seen any other movies, Red Notice is very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I there's, get... you know, there's the whole Indiana Jones section, yeah. and it's just yeah. like... <laughs> You know, I, it's like yeah. I, no, I know. In the, in the characters, in the characters are aware of it and making jokes about it too. Which you know, I want to hit they, on that. They they call that uh, in the biz. I've heard like, they call that hang, yeah, hanging a lantern uh, yeah. is what they call that. And basically, it's like if you have a flaw that you know of, if you hang a lantern on it and bring attention to it, it means you know the audience will forgive you for it a lot more because they know you're in on that. That has own. always been um, um, Tyrese's entire responsibility in the fast franchise in the fast, yeah. is just caught like, Hey, we're going to space and I know it's insane. Okay. The audience is at least as long as you also right. know it's insane. We're right. on board. And a lot of Ryan Reynolds in this movie is, is hanging the lantern, hanging the lampshade saying uh-huh. like, yeah, this is crazy. We should not have survived this, but mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it, you kind of get You're, you're kind of allowed to get away with that. If you're aware of how obscene, some of the luck and the conveniences mm-hmm. are in the picture. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what were you, were you about to kind of say something on those lines? Well, yeah, you hit on a bunch of what I was going to say about, you know, the hanging the lantern. It's just, it's stuff that, stuff that I have always appreciated in movies, you know, like, uh, uh, there's a bit with a car and they're like, how do they get the car in here? Do they disassemble it and then put it back together piece by piece, carrying it down the stairs? It's it's stuff like that, or uh, I'm, I guess they're paying the utilities and stuff like that. You know, things that we've we've said mentally, and I know you have written about Aaron for a certain YouTube <laughs> in my channel. Other job? Yes, you know, yeah, right, it's like yeah. it's like he's doing the job for you. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I had a I that that type of humor always gets me. I'm a sucker for that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a joke you know in here I'm about gonna, Jurassic Park I like that I thought. Movie. Yeah, there, there was a joke in here about Jurassic Park that I thought was really effective. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's I I love characters that mm-hmm. reference movies in a way that doesn't feel like a forced metaphor for a situation. Like Ryan humming the Raiders theme as they go down into a dark Nazi bunker is like that's part, yeah. that's something someone would do with just yeah. a passing understanding of cinema. You don't have to make a big thing about Indiana. Like just a quick little nod. Like yeah, that's how mm. people react in the real world to situations like this. They would make that reference and callback. So I mm. liked a lot of those little references and nods, but I think it was the bigger picture stuff and the narrative choices that were just. Uh, especially the the mid act sequence where they're at a fancy eyes wide shut type party. Yeah. Uh, there was just a lot of like really really big leaps in logic. Like I we need to do this 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 and this and this perfectly with no one noticing. And the only reason I know that is because I'm omnipotent and I just it's right. it's if like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day could not have executed that uh, heist plan 
better with a thousand attempts and a thousand tries, and they get it on their first go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say uh, since we've been saying some nice things, I do think it's important to say that we I can't overstate how cliche, convenient, and you know pastiche great word this yeah. this uh, film is. That is if this movie gets torn apart by a movie critic, I completely understand. Yeah. Totally get it. Totally 100% understand your rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes, your giving it a, a D uh, for your great. Like, I get it. I can't disagree with you. It really is that, especially for, there. there is also a, an attitude that comes with movie criticism sometimes that I can fall into. Uh, I think many of us can, where it's like, oh, please, just something new. Can somebody yep. do something new? And what's interesting is this this is new IP. Like this isn't except it's not because it's every single other IP, you know, just kind of in, in, a, uh, blender. in a blender. And so I totally get that. And I think that can't be overstated that that uh I've been I've been called to task for saying like I I like this terrible movie because in some ways that is saying that there's an objective good and terrible thing. Um, if you yeah. live in that world where you can say a movie is objectively good or objectively bad, yeah, you're going to say this is an objectively terrible movie. I get that. Um, but because I'm enjoying myself and liking it, I think it's fair to say uh, that it's a good movie. You know, for yeah, me, I agree. for me, this I agree. is a good movie. And so I, I do want to be more careful about saying I like this terrible movie. I like this good movie for me. Um, and uh, But I am aware of why others would find it. Uh, I mean, it certainly doesn't terrible. hurt that uh, our lead characters are all, like, stunningly attractive, charismatic, well-known A-list mm-hmm. celebrities. And I do feel like Netflix was definitely commissioned this and made this by committee. It's like, okay, we need a movie that's exciting. Okay, we need three action sequences. We need a lot of jokes. And we right. need attractive stars everyone knows. And they just, like, check, 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 run down the list. The paint and just by numbers, put it. for sure. Yeah, exactly. And they put every, well, everyone likes Ryan Reynolds. Put Ryan Reynolds in. Well, we need someone who's big and strong and likes you know doing action scenes in the jungle. Well, we'll just get Dwayne Johnson. Okay. And it's like I I don't I feel like this movie was just from the jump written by like an algorithm that is like specifically designed to appeal to people, middle American Netflix users, and uh, it works in that respect. Hey. But yeah, to to your point, Aaron, um, I, I there's not a single thing here that was like unique or different. And I do love to find movies. That at least just show me one thing I haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we got that here. Which is, again, yeah. it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Uh, it just means it's not like a great movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any last things to say about it? Any final thoughts? No post-credit scene. That is they, true. They kind of do a, a very soft setup for a sequel. Yeah. Would you guys sure. w- would you be interested to see one? Yes, because I'd be interested to see anything Ryan Reynolds is in. Like I just, you know, like I said, I just love hanging out with that guy. Um, Since two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Like I've just loved hanging out with him. Um, So, so yeah, absolutely. I would love to see a sequel. Uh, There you go. That is Red Notice. It is on Netflix. uh, If you want to check it out. All right, let's move into our second review. Let's talk a little bit about Finch. What shall we have? Get your elbows off the table. Get your elbows up. All right, you're next. You see, I'm developing something interesting. Giant leap of faith. Now, if you can speak, tell me something about you. That robots must protect dog. 
On a post-apocalyptic Earth, a robot built to protect the life of his dying creator's beloved dog learns about life, love, friendship, and what it means to be human. Uh, this is on Apple TV+. Plus, uh, and this is basically Castaway, but with a sentient Wilson uh, is kind of how I've, I've thought about it in many ways. Because you've got Tom Hanks here pretty much doing uh, a one-hander uh, in many ways. Yeah. So, um, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you get to start. I liked it. Solid, straight down the middle, liked it. John? Low side of loved it. Ooh, very nice. Uh, I'm more with Andrew on this, maybe even a little less. I think I'm low side of uh, liked it. Um, but I did, uh, again, like this one. Uh, it does strike me as yet another you know, good to a great Tom Hanks movie. That's just going to fly completely under the radar. Uh, We talked about this in our members only pre-show. If you want to listen to that about the last decade of Hanks's career and kind of what defines it, Uh, this movie fits perfectly in his last decade. uh, In my opinion, Um, let's talk about some specifics. Above average at above average performance in perhaps a soon to be forgotten uh, Mm -hmm. under the radar type of experience. Yeah. Uh, John, John, you seem to love it the most. So, uh, so why don't you go for it, man? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really, I really dug this one. I think it combined a lot of things I like about high concept dystopian sci-fi with that sort of really plucky, happy-go-lucky AI sentient sidekick a la Short Circuit. So we kind of took mm-hmm. elements of The Martian and uh, Short Circuit and then threw in like The Last of Us and Castaway, stuck them all into a blender. And you kind of get this interesting film uh, that's a bit of like a coming of age story about a robot and like his learning about the world through Tom Hanks's tutelage. Uh, and there's some stuff in here I really, really enjoyed. I thought the world building was excellent. Tom gives a great performance. I thought uh, the robot was really funny and endearing and I wanted to see more of him. And I thought it was just an effective story that sort of knew what it wanted to be and stayed within its wheelhouse and never really tried to go bigger into what it couldn't tackle. I thought maybe Mm -hmm. it would open up in the third act and we'd see more people or more threats, but it's only ever sort of hinted at. And we'd we'd kind of just stay with this robot, with his creator, and how they explore what's left of planet Earth. Uh, And I I really enjoyed that, for sure. I got to hit on what you just said, because I don't mean to throw negative in already, but it's it's my only negative with the movie, but it's fairly big. I think this movie is screaming to be bigger and say more than it actually does. I think that this movie feels that it needs to be more intimate and more, uh, you know, confined. But honestly, everything else in this world is screaming to be known about. <clears throat> and it, it I, I'm fine with, you know, every now and then we get a movie that's really, you know, just... Just about a single person or a single group of people, but I don't know. There was something about this one where there was something about it that just made me go, "Yeah, but I need more. I need to. I want to know more. Uh, if not about this group, then about what's going on. You know, they, like they they kind of explain what hap- what's happened and everything, but I felt like but not really. I, yeah, but not really. Uh. uh- yeah, I, 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 and I appreciate that. I think that it leaves you wanting more. It, I felt in a good way. I was satisfied with what we got, and I would have liked to have seen a lot more world building and exploration of other characters and what really went down and how long it's been. 
Um, but I also appreciate that they just sort of hint at it and you can kind of fill in the blanks with the rest of your mind. And one of the scariest moments in the movie is from a person uh, we never see. We just sort of get the, 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 we don't even actually know if they're a real threat. We just sort of know that our characters are afraid and we sort of are by proxy afraid for them, even though, mm -hmm. yeah, are they, are they running from something, but is that something even bad? Like we don't even know. I, I kind of like that. I tend to lean more with John on this. Um, I think it's a it's a feature, not a bug. Uh, I think yeah. the movie definitely sees it that way. The movie isn't very intentional about that. The yeah, scene yeah, that yeah. you just mentioned, John, and some others indicate that is definitely what they're trying to do. But I also think it's kind of a both things can be true situation. Um, you know, uh, what both of you are saying is absolutely true. There there is a world here that would be more fun to explore. Um, and also it's, in my opinion, okay that the movie decides not to explore it because I think that allows the movie to focus, um, on the, um, the empathy of the situation in a way that is really, um, human, you know, there's a real humanness to this that you kind of lose if you start to bring in, uh, other characters, a little bigger scope, those kind of things. It, fe it feels very much in, in some ways it's kind of similar to how like a oneer or a one shot will put you more in the movie because it feels like something you could experience right you know we don't yeah. experience cuts except every night when we sleep uh you know like in our our, our edits in our day-to-day -day life um but we do you know uh in a oneer we're able to kind of live through it it's the same kind of here if we were to jump in this you know RV, with you know tom hanks a robot and a dog this is how we would experience it you know what i mean like this is yeah and, um, and i think in some respects that's claustrophobic narratively mm -hmm. that we never see anything outside of his right that makes sense. perspective yeah. we only yeah. ever know what he knows um and we get just and we don't glimpses. even know everything he knows like you yeah. know because he that's not the stuff he needs to communicate he's yeah. his he he is not in a place right now where he needs to tell this robot everything that happened. He's in a place where, you know, he has other priorities for uh, for yeah. this AI uh, that he has built. Um, so, yeah, I think both things are true. I think you're both right. I, I lean a little bit more with John in, in enjoying what the movie decided to do. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think they're both true. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about just how incredible the CGI in this movie is. Like, oh, it's flawless. The it robot really CG in this movie is it's shockingly good like it yeah. might as well I think be it real. might be the best it might be the best like animatronic cgi i've ever seen i i can't really think of anything that is like on this level it's, it's I, I, i'm not even super. there was plenty of names in the credits but i'm not certain if this was uh puppeteering with men in green suits behind him or if it was mm -hmm. all computer animated or if some of it was practical functioning uh you know robotics yeah, i don't know I think a lot of the close-ups were probably just a practical, you know, yeah. uh, I think movable. It had to be. I mean, yeah. I, if it's not, it, I mean, that would even more emphasize your point. But yeah, but there's I, a lot I, of there's a lot of full body shots of the robot walking around, and it's like, well, that that we don't quite have that. Boston or Boston Dynamics is really close to that, uh, yeah. but I don't know that we quite have this level of sophistication yet. Um, so it was there was there's a lot of visual effects artists in the credits of this movie. Uh, and they deserve all the credit for yeah. what was based. I never thought about it. And I think sometimes I'll look for Like, I wonder how they did this. I was just so engrossed and so captivated by this plucky little character that I didn't really yeah. care how mm -hmm. they did it. 
yeah. I love the meta- the message in this movie, the metaphor. Uh, that's probably my biggest pro besides the uh, CGI is the fact that it's, you know, a metaphor for, uh, you know, parents leaving their children uh, mm-hmm. and pa- trying to pass on knowledge with the limited time they have and, uh, and to try, like what the dog could be a metaphor for the dog could be a metaphor for the planet. The dog could be a metaphor for what's important in life. And, uh, you know, like what I love about the movie is that every single time Tom Hanks tries to Jeff is the name of the robot. Every single time that uh, Finch tries to teach Jeff something, uh, Jeff does a, uh, does it exactly as he said, but there's so many times where it's like, do as I mean, not do what I mean, not what I say kind of things, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. exceptions to rules and stuff like that. And it's, it's one of those things like to, to, I I, obviously I'm not a parent, but there's, I'm sure Aaron, you could probably uh, address this better than any, uh, I could, but like, did you ever feel like whenever your uh, kids went off to like college or anything, like, did I teach them everything they needed to know? Did I prepare them? the best I could, oh, you know. of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I did want to talk about that uh, a little bit more because it is another one of my, in the pro column for me, is the the, uh, the parental chemistry between uh, Hanks yeah. and Jeff, um, or Finch and Jeff, I should say. Uh, it reminded me a lot, not of a parent, almost not of a parental relationship, but more of a grand-parental relationship because mm. there's a real, like, you know, brevity, to their brevity and gruffness and kid, I'm just going to tell you what you need. Like it reminded me of up in some ways. Like it, it reminded me of that, you know, like, um, I don't, I don't have a lot of patience here because, you know, yeah. I, I need you to get this now, you know, kind of yeah. thing, which can be a, a parental thing too. But I just mean, there's just, there's, there's something that's really interesting there. Uh, that reminded me a little bit of up, but I, I, re- I did enjoy it, um, quite a bit. In that way, Absolutely. that was one of my favorite things. I will, I will say on it. your quick correction there, Hanks v. Finch. Uh, it's really curious. This movie is not called Jeff. Uh, I, I just want to throw. I feel like that was a, a mistake. The mm. movie should be named after the robot. Um, My name is Jeff. Uh, and I think I think that it's not a very compelling title. I don't know that Finch is either. Um, maybe it should be called Jeff and Finch. Yeah, but call it Goodyear. I kept I kept going into this movie thinking Finch was the robot, and I'm like, oh, it's the guy's name. I don't what. <laughs> What, so if they maybe made, like, what if they uh, made? What if Short Circuit was named after uh, you know Michael McKean's Mc, uh, character? Like that, that doesn't make any sense. No. What about uh, like uh, Fincher and Jeff Ooch? Uh, yeah, something some, like that. Something, <laughs> something like that. Turner and Hooch. Uh, yeah, I I, I did want to say I, I looked up the uh, the CG robot stuff, and in just kind of looking through one article that I found. Uh, Caleb Landry Jones, who does the voice of the robot, actually acted yeah. the robot as well. So this is this is mocap into CG um, wow. stuff for that is the most stellar. part. That doesn't that doesn't guarantee that there aren't practical effects that they don't have a practical. You I, know, I have I have to assume the close ups and anything from the I, waist I would up was just think so. I would think so. But as far as the performance goes, yeah. it was definitely mocap to CG, and it is it is astounding. And props to Caleb Landry Jones as well for you know being part of the magic that that we enjoy about that robot. So and I, I loved um, uh, Andrew. You gave a quick glimpse of that impression at the top of the show, but 
his manner of speaking is this very childlike robotic reverberation. Yeah. And he sounds a bit he sounds a bit like Johnny Five and there's like or this Wally. childlike Yeah, or <laughs> Wally. Um and I love that. I think I am a good driver. It's just there's something yeah. about robot speak that just sort of tickles me in a way that this movie definitely scratched. Um and I appreciate it. He's he's like a, a character in a robot that I think you will find no trouble rooting for. And, and wanting to just see more of. I thought he was fantastic. If they made a sequel to this and it's just the robot, I'd be like, yes. I'm in Goodyear. Listen, yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, Goodyear is great. Uh, that's the dog's oh, name, by the way, if you Aaron. haven't seen the movie. Darn um, you. Why'd you do this to me? <laughs> uh, the uh, There is a, a... Tom Hanks is just good with dogs, man. Like uh, he He has this way that you just feel... Like he and Goodyear are buddies, like they're pals. Like he has this yeah. scene where he's just like, you know, oh, I'm just good for scratches or or whatever that, that happens early on. It's just so good. It's so good. The chemistry between him and Goodyear is, is great as well. And I, well, I, I will. I've, I will. I've always heard that dogs are good, um, like asshole detectors. And I feel like Tom Hanks clearly isn't. So right. all dogs just get along with him because Tom Hanks is one of the nicest guys in yeah. Hollywood. So yeah. it makes sense. Uh, I will step down to say in, in all genuine sincerity and seriousness, Andrew, I know you're going through uh, a lost dog situation right oh, now. I did not know that, that is I'm so that sorry. is really and I and I know that this I'm sure this movie, you know, kind of played into a lot of your emotions. Yeah. So um so that is I, rough. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah, so Roland I, I looks wanna... almost exactly like Goodyear too. Yeah. And I yeah. say things like that too. I'm like whenever I come home and I'm like, Roland, oh I'm just good for scratches, aren't I? And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I say things like that, but I so, still have a lot of hope. I'll find them. So, yep we we hope with you, and we continue to wish uh, with with you um, that you find your good year, uh, my good year, s- safe and healthy, and yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Uh, any final things as it comes to Finch? Any final? I thoughts? loved the music. There's only a few uh, needle drops. Uh, the first uh, is an excellent use of Don McLean's American Pie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then a brief little snippet of the Talking Heads' uh, "Road to Nowhere," um, and both of them were just like, "Yes, I, I'm in this universe. It immediately connects you to planet Earth. This isn't some like just you know a futuristic sci-fi planet. It's just here, but maybe in a terrible, more terrible timeline." And yeah. I think starting off the movie with those very familiar lyrics from American Pie uh, immediately sort of grounded the picture in a really necessary way. The same way that Guardians incorporated pop music uh, guardians of the galaxy uh, really well um but yeah i think yeah the visuals was great acting was fantastic i thought narratively it was really tight uh, and i think it just depends if you connect emotionally to a man and his robot um how much enjoyment you're gonna get out of this and i don't know i guess i'm, I'm a sucker for robot man relationships because sure. i sure. really enjoyed it <laughs> Uh, on that note, that's a good, uh, nice little transition into our best ever challenge. Speaking Ooh. of uh, robots or robots, as some people Robots. Say. Robots. Uh, bef- before robot. we get before we get into that, just a uh, a quick mention of Sif Pop membership. If you want to be a Sif Pop member, if you enjoy the podcast and the stuff that goes on at the website, uh, it's a fun little place to connect with the Sif Pop community to have a few fun thank yous that we send your way, including a weekly bonus podcast if you love this conversation we pick a topic every week and just do a little conversation on that the topic is mentioned earlier was uh the last decade of hanks kind of how we feel like that stacks up 
So if you're curious about that, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash sifpop and check it out. You also get your own podcast feed with both the main podcast and the bonus episodes in it and uh, none of the ads uh, as well. So um, if you're uh, at a certain level. So check that out at patreon.com slash sifpop. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're going to move into the best ever challenge, best ever AI movies. These are movies where an artificial intelligence uh, is, you know, listen, this is going to be one where we all decide how far we want to stretch it. But uh, yeah, this, this but, was yeah. a really nebulous topic and there were elements of it that uh, I wanted to take leeway with. And other, I'm like, well, I, yeah. this movie includes a robot, but like, I don't know, the, the, the central theme about it is not robot. Right, right. So... I think pretty much, uh, at least my top five, the AI is very much a center part uh, of the movie. Um, but let's get into it. We'll go number five to number one. I think I'll kick us off this time. Uh, I may get trumped on this. This is uh, one of many people's favorite uh, AI movies, but I have Ex Machina uh, at number five. So we good to talk about it. Um, it, was my it was in my third it was in my honorable. Mention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love I think this movie is incredible. I think it's it from a, in your, this will be a common theme with a lot of mine. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them movies that I feel like really nail what AI could be are going to get a leg. Like if I look at a movie and I go, Oh yeah, I, I can see that 20 years from now or 15 years from now or, you know, whatever. Um, and this yeah. is one of those movies, uh, you know, uh, the singularity could very much happen in this kind of way, um, you know, trying to, uh, as is mentioned in the movie, pass the Turing test, you know, and figure out what that means. Um, right. And I love the ending of this movie so much um, because it's so open ended and yet at the same time, so very crystallized. And that's hard to do to have such a definitive ending that is also that wide open um is really interesting to me but great performances really interesting stuff think about it for days uh if you haven't seen ex machina yeah. uh check it out so there you go uh john what do you got at number five 
Uh, I went with a with a I think it's now maybe classic territory, class in action sci fi. I Robot from two thousand four. Oh, with, uh, okay, love that Will movie. Sm- uh, and it is. This is. I don't want to say guilty pleasure because I shouldn't feel guilt for it. But I feel like a lot of people might have written this one off as like a, a kind of a very simplistic kind of disposable action blockbuster. But it has mm-hmm. a lot of. I think really meaty and interesting things to say about sentience and, and personhood and, you know, what differentiates, uh, you know, humanity from just mindless robots. And I think the action is fantastic and the world building, the futuristic take on, I want to say New York in like the early 2030s um, is really fascinating. This reminds me a lot of Minority Report in the mm-hmm. same sort of world building sure. way. Um, this is one of the last great blockbusters from Will Smith and... Uh, I really like this one for sure. Yeah. No. Uh, and it's feel, a good murder feel, mystery too. Don't feel guilty at all okay. for love, okay, loving good. iRobot. That, <laughs> it's so good. Alan Tudyk as uh, was his name Sonny. Was that the name of the robot? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's so good. And then of course Will Smith. Whenever he, I don't. When did this movie come out? Two thousand four. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's prime Will Smith. Like. Yeah. It's, I love that movie, so don't feel bad, bad at all about okay, it. Okay, good. Before we get yeah. to Andrew's number five, I, I didn't mention the connection of this topic. Obviously, we're doing best ever uh, AI movies in honor of uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's performance in Red Notice. Okay, continue. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, uh, with your uh, number five. He is the machine. My number five, uh, I'll just say this. My top five, they're all on my top 50 movies of all time. I didn't even make it. Like, like a lot of my honorable mentions are movies that are in my top hundred movies of yeah. all time. So right. it was like, guys, trust me. Whenever we talk about them, I, I do love them. But uh, uh, for number five, I have Aliens. Nice, okay. James nice. Cameron. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, Bishop uh, is the tie-in here as the mm-hmm. uh, artificial intelligence. Not really a uh, a forefront character. That's obviously going to be Ripley. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's one of the very few movies, and maybe this is just a James Cameron thing. The guy knows how to do sequels. He does sequels mm-hmm. very, very well. Uh, I, I, I guarantee you somebody probably has one of his sequels on their lists. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I think that uh, the way he turned a horror movie into an action movie and it actually works is stellar. I think I like Aliens mm-hmm. more than I like Alien. Nice. Yeah, that's not a that's not an unpopular view. I agree with. That. Yeah, no, that's not too. And, and, and to be fair, I think if I were to include aliens on this list, it would probably be in my silver medal position. Um, for me, Bishop's role in that film is not particularly central right. to the, to sure. the plot. Yeah. So I just and generally, 100%. I actually I kind of pick movies uh, that aren't necessarily my top five, but sort of represent the topic a bit stronger. Uh, sure. If that makes any sense, and because I, I feel like some of these movies we talk about a lot, so I didn't, I didn't pick. Sure. Them. <laughs> Listen, hey, it is up to you to interpret however you like. We we try to make it clear that the yeah. the yeah, yeah, the yeah. heart of the best ever challenge is to find the best ever movies that fit the topic. Um, yeah. But certainly, it makes yeah. sense to also, uh, you know, fudge towards stuff that really uh, embodies the spirit of the topic as well. Yeah. Um, all right. So our number fours. I guess it's my turn. This is yep. where I have. Wally uh, at number nice. four. Another uh, another fantastic film that yeah. didn't make my list. Yeah, uh, it's it's really brilliant. And again, 
another one of those uh, AI kind of in a future that I can see being a reality uh, as far as, you know, abandoning the planet um, and trying to figure out how to live away from here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, just a spectacular movie. I think there's so much beautiful to say about the entire dialogue free part of the beginning of this movie and just how compelling it is without much dialogue or, uh, English understanding of what's, you know, being said. Um, it's a completely realized world. Uh, Wally is adorable and, um, and just, yeah. The whole Wally Eva thing is is great. So yeah, yeah. I That's think I've made this joke before, but I want to see the script for this movie where it just says Wally 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 Eva 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 Wally wow. Eva, Eva yeah. Wally yes, just exactly. for forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and then the transcribed music from Hello Dolly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and it's about the only spoken dialogue <laughs> in the first hour, which I saw for the first time just a couple months ago. Hello, so Dolly. did I. It was so, so good. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Uh, all right, uh, number four for you, John. Uh, this this might be a, a, an unpopular pick, but Bicentennial Man. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, I did not have that on my list. The 1999 flick with Robin Williams as a, yeah. a metal man constructed by um, Sam Neill's character. Um, and they Dr. call him Bicentennial Grant, Man because yeah. he, he eventually <laughs> outlives everybody and generations of his family because uh, he's immortal. He's an immortal robot that slowly gains sentience over the decades. And I, I think this was kind of maligned when it first came out and it was not one of... Robin Williams is more popular or better pictures. For sure. But I think uh, looking back on it critically and revisiting it more recently, there's some really strong and effective emotional beats here. And I think the final 30 minutes really touches on to some important stuff, again, about those themes of personhood and what actually qualifies as intelligence, let alone artificial intelligence. And I think this one really gets to the heart of that in, a, in an emotional uh, introspective way versus just uh, it doesn't bog down with a lot of the technology or like the robotics of it. It's just this is what does it mean to be a person? Um, and Robin Williams is brilliant as always, even in movies that maybe are not his best. Nice, Andrew. What's your uh, number I remember, four? Uh, I remember liking that movie. It's one of those where I'm sure on a second viewing I would really appreciate it more. I saw it when it came out. Yeah, right. I so, saw it when I was like a young teen, and I was like, yeah, this is yeah. not this is Robin Williams is not funny in this. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, that was when he started his sort of dramatic arc. Yeah, uh, Goodwill Hunting was probably the first big one, but yeah, yeah. It, it from what I remember, it was a movie that wasn't funny enough for the younger audience, but it also wasn't critical enough to be taken seriously by any, you know, award yeah. body. So it was like in that middle area that is very easy for a movie to be forgotten. Uh, my number yeah. four might get trumped. Uh, Interstellar. Uh, I didn't. I actually. This nope, is one of my I favorites of all time. But same yeah. reason, I didn't think the AI component of it was yeah. sort of central. Cars enough, but yeah, right. it's a good film. Case. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of AI actually in Interstellar. Tars case. Uh, Plex, and I think there was one more. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was very, just going through. I need to. I need to make a list of movies. No matter how many times I watch them, I just ball. You know, it, yeah. This would this yeah. would definitely be the move one one of those movies where every every single time I see it, I just cry. Yeah. Oh, that scene where he's watching all of those messages from the the past, and uh, mm-hmm. then of course meeting his daughter at the end, and ah, uh, 
Oh God, so movie! Why are you doing this to me? No, no. That, this, was, this was one of those pictures that I saw an early screening of with not a lot of people, mm. and I walked out of there going like, "Is this the greatest movie of the decade?" I think so, but I'm in a vacuum and I have no other opinions, and I need someone to like reel me back in. Mm-hmm. And the longer I've come away from that movie. Uh, the more I'm like, no, I, I pretty much nailed, at least personally, I feel like my opinion has strengthened over time. Mm-hmm. Sure. And yeah. it really is one of my favorites of the entire decade. It's such nice. a good film. Nice. Good choice. I, good choice. I remember my first time watching it. I went and saw it on IMAX, but we were late to the showing, so we had to sit in the very front row in the very oh, far no. corner. Oh, so no. our necks were like this, watching <laughs> the big screen. It was very uncomfortable, but I remember loving the movie. Good. I My memory is... Uh, it could be flawed, but Gravity came out before Interstellar, correct? I think is my right. timing on that correct? Yes, and Gravity was. If not, we can we can look that out and find out. Because my memory is that I had such an incredible experience with Gravity that I it almost downplayed my Interstellar experience. I have fallen in love with that movie, like love love with that movie on uh, subsequent watches. My first watch was not. You know, right? Because uh, it's it's not minute. this like go fast action extravaganza. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I liked really it. I really slow, liked it. Yeah, and I was blown away, obviously, <laughs> by the intelligence of it and just kind of the intricacy of it. But um, but yeah, I remember really falling in love with it in future watches. I like how Nolan slowly was pushing the the lever to see how far he could go with the complexity of a, of a of a theme or a story for a movie. First, it was Inception, and you know. Pretty much everybody understands. I think first it was Memento. Memento was sort of his. You go way back to the beginning of his filmography. He's been toying with time and sort of nonlinear narrative for a while. And I've said it before in my reviews. Nolan, I think, for my money, is the most intelligent director in popular cinema. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Interstellar was almost exactly a year after Gravity. So, yeah, my yeah. my memory, surprisingly, is correct on that. Um, well done. But, uh, but it happens every once in a while. All right. Uh, my number three uh, is Her. Um, okay, good pick. I knew it. Actually, I thought you were going to have a little higher. Man, oh, wait, no. oh, man, do I love this movie. Um, yeah. I, of all the movies I chose, this is the one where I'm like, oh, Spike Jones went to the future. I get it. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like, and it's becoming more and more true uh, every single yeah, th- year. This one's very prescient. Oh sure. my goodness! Uh, and you could feel it in in watching it in that moment. Like, oh yeah, this is where we're headed. Uh, AI will be our, you know, Google Assistant or Siri, or that is going to be where the singularity happens. Absolutely. Like, I, I you know, um, I just I don't see. It happening any other way and the way it envisioned that world is so perfect uh it's just man there's quality stuff here and the fact that the movie is asking all these questions about what that means as a human um what that means uh is is incredible the scarlett johansson performance is astonishing especially considering she was brought in to do it after the fact and basically had to to match her performance to everything that was already existing um Man, just a lot of great stuff here all around. Her is, is one of my favorite movies ever. So, yeah, I dig yeah. it. Nice to hear some nice praise for that. Uh, John, yeah. what do you got at uh, your number three? Uh, again, I don't know that this would be the best example. Uh, I'm breaking my own rule I already set, but uh, I'm going with Metropolis from 1927 oh, sure. because sure. I don't feel like uh, we get to talk about uh, 90-year-old films that often on the show. Um, and this is one of my all-time favorite silent pictures 
Um, it is it is top to bottom a brilliant world building. Uh, uh, technically, it holds up really yeah. well. Like this movie, visually, I agree. I saw it for the first time this year. Um, uh, yeah, Metropolis really does things with model works and forced perspective and and all sorts of optical trickery that still look fantastic. Uh, almost a full century later. Uh, and there is a robot, an artificial intelligence, uh, I think just called like human machine in the script, um, that is sort of the, you know, the, the precursor to C-3PO and other android looking robots. Um, but if you have not seen uh, a good silent film or if you don't know how to get into that genre because it is maybe not as accessible as newer stuff on Netflix, Metropolis is one of those movies you could show it to anybody today. I'm like, yeah, no, this is exceptional. This is a very entertaining modern forward-thinking narrative that flies by in whatever two and a half hours uh and it's just such a powerful experience to see cinema from that era executed that well um and 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 it has these themes of like the future and robotics and ai and flying cars and all these things that are just like yeah no that's you guys were coming up with this stuff before a lot of people were writing about it so metropolis is a, a big favorite of mine it's also a fascinating research on, um, you know, a movie that has been lost and found and re-edited right. and, fig- you know, try to find the artist's original intent. And there's some really fascinating stuff on that. I, um, in just a quick perusal of, of a little bit of quick Googling, uh, I had remembered that for a long, long time, basically only 75% of the movie existed to watch. Like That is correct. And is July... July of 2008, they actually found the rest of the movie. So it's only been the last, you know, just over a decade that the entirety wow. of the movie has even been available to watch. So um, stuff like that always fascinates me. Um, so, yeah, Fritz Lang was, I mean, way ahead of his time. Big <laughs> like, time. Big uh, time. Insanely so. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Metropolis. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Andrew, what's your number three? Uh, Avengers Infinity War. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> you should, because that's what Vision is. Yeah, Vision no, that's, is... that's a really good pick. That's a really yeah, good sure. pick. Yeah, sure. Uh, what can be said about Infinity War that hasn't been said a trillion times on the show? So Yeah. Okay. Is, no, that's fair. We that's, can move no, on. That's enough. We literally have already. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered it. It's been covered. Uh, all right, let's move on to our number twos. Uh, this is where I have the Iron Giant uh, in awesome, at number pick. two. This is a big. This is a much bigger category than I originally mm-hmm. thought when you when you poised the question to us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of excellent films in this. Speaking yeah. of movies, no matter how many times I see, I cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Superman. It's so good. Uh, Vin Diesel's best performance. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's this. This is incredible stuff. Uh, another one we've talked about plenty of times. Not a lot new to add other than, again, to say, if you're just waiting on seeing this for some reason, move it. Just just bump it up I, you I know, only, a few I, slots. I only saw it for the first time this year. Uh, Ooh. And I wish I saw it as a little kid because I would have mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. I don't know that yeah. I don't know that it hits as strong as a as a you know a thirty five year old, but yeah. as a five year old or even like a you know six or seven year, I would have loved this for sure. And I still do really, really like it, but I definitely regret having not seen it as a kid. Yeah, you know, the, when this came out, I was 23. So, you know, I was adult when this came out, but I just remember just absolutely uh being in love with I there is something there are certain things that hand-drawn anima- uh, animation can do 
that are are really beautiful and maybe a bit nostalgic for me as well. Um, yeah. And this does all those things so well. And the characters are great. The the acting is great. Um, so and beyond all of that, just the themes of love, sacrifice, what that means, and why that is, you know, what it means to. Uh, to be human is is really yeah no it has especially i don't want to say it's a kids movie but for a movie that's maybe aimed at younger audiences it has an exceptionally Mm -hmm. mature uh theme and story about it um and one of the last great hand-drawn movies with the exception of movies that like deliberately try to do that right uh you know after after the advent of cg but uh, this is when disney was sort of falling off a bit post-renaissance and uh uh iron giant is what a universal property i'm not even sure they came in they came in with this and yeah it's i mean i know it's been in the warner stuff like it was in space jam and it was that's right that's um, right you got to just think about theme park rides like who who has the theme park ride yeah 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 uh all right number two john what's your number two i'm gonna go with the the one that's a a poster behind me here which is forbidden planet oh nice it's a sci-fi picture from 1956. I might have talked about it on the show before. It is um, it's basically a two-hour episode of Star Trek, a decade before Star Trek existed. Nice. And Robbie the Robot, who features prominently on the poster there, um, is one of the first great, I think, like android um, assistants in cinema. That he, You can draw a through line from Robbie the Robot straight to Data or to C-3PO uh, or all these other sort of like helpful little sidekicks that are just there to help the protagonists. But in a way that reminds me of Johnny Five or Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you love a good episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Forbidden Planet is a perfect film. And I love yeah. it. Well, I know you, you sold me with that single statement right there. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number two? It's going to get Trump at the Matrix. Trump! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, on to our number ones. Uh, The Matrix. uh, Okay, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have The Matrix at number one. Andrew has it at number two. Um, John, did you you have it on your list? I I didn't. Um, I don't know. Every movie you've mentioned, Andrew, is higher rated than every movie I've mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) But I have just deliberately, I'm like, I don't want to talk about The Matrix again. I mean, yes, that's like one of the best movies ever, and it has AI in it. But like, I want to talk about Robbie the Robot. We don't get enough Robbie on this. The the Matrix, because I tried to be pretty strict about like because there are so many of them and so many good ones i tried to make sure all of mine were where like the ai was you know i don't disagree i deliberately yeah. broke the rules because i didn't want to keep talking about the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair hey listen everybody's list is their though, own i think that there's such a uh, there's such a high caliber plethora plethoristic i guess list of ai <laughs> that's a fun movies new word. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like every movie yeah. you've mentioned, Andrew, I've rated a ten out of ten. They're all like yeah. absolute classic, classic films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I love Matrix. the Matrix, Aaron, I, and it has. Yeah, it qualifies. One. It would be at the top of my list probably. I, I, the only thing there's again not a lot left to say about the Matrix that hasn't already been say uh, said, other than boy oh boy here it comes right like you know we are on the precipice right now as we are recording this of the fourth one seeing another matrix movie in the next month or so so wild um and that's really exciting uh because then questions you know like 
Uh, does it make the second and third film better? Does it, you know, does it, you know, build the world out in an interesting way? Um, is it just a rehash of the first one? Like, you know, we're looking forward to those questions in, in you know, really interesting ways. And also, does it bring in a new generation? Does a new generation see the new one and go, oh, now I want to, want to see this one that came out, you know, um, in 1999. Which both my top two were both ninety nine movies. Man, that year uh, was something else. Um, yeah. But it's uh, crazy. So, so anyhow, um, so yeah, Matrix uh, in at my number one. Andrew, did you have anything to add? I will say it's not the Matrix per se, but the for as much as the sequels get ragged on, I can look at both of the sequels and find things that are actually. Incredibly, oh sure, you know, sure, just yeah, 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 astounding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think totally. that the uh, the freeway scene in the second movie is like possibly one of the best scenes in the entire trilogy. You know, you told me never to go on the freeway. Let's pray I was wrong. And that yeah. that the, that one little dynamic of them going back and forth just gets you so hyped. Like, what am I about to see? Yeah, I, I think the delivers. Matrix sequels. The Matrix sequels suffer from the same thing a lot of follow-ups to masterpieces do, which is there's no way you can reachieve that lightning in a bottle. So every comparison is going to be a negative one. Uh, I think on their own, if they were somehow able to exist without that sort of setup, these are really well-regarded movies. But because they're in the shadow of the first one, everyone's like, yeah, but there's there's uh, there's always that like sort of... Uh, uh, intro to every conversation it's like yeah they're not the first matrix (laughs) i will be i will be watching them i will be watching them again uh here shortly uh leading up to the movie and it has been a while since i've seen the sequels but i went went back and rewatched a couple years ago and uh they're all excellent they're all very good films my my memory is that they aren't my memory is that they are really messy those sequel like that there's a lot of like muddledness to them um what? But yeah. But I'll have to. I, I will have to watch them again because you've had a more recent watch than me, and uh, and I may. Uh, but as far as a spectacle goes, I remember them being absolutely yeah. incredible. Like you mentioned, that highway scene and stuff. I just remember on a story level, just feeling like, oh, you really don't. You're either trying to do too much, or you don't know what you're trying to do because it just felt uh, no, you know, really one hundred percent. It felt like the uh, sequels trying to because there was a really interesting theological message. Uh, mm-hmm. in the first Matrix movie. And yeah. I think that the other, the sequels tried to get too, they they just came out too pretentious with the message they were trying to get across, a, a forced pre- pretentiousness. And it just, they're a little preachy. It didn't, yeah, they're a little preachy. Yeah. But at the same time, like you both of you have said, the spectacle of them, like the the fall of Zion. Sure. Is like yeah the action the action the, the world building the set pieces it's all great yeah yeah great yeah no I agree with that I agree with that yeah uh, John what do you got at number one uh, Terminator two yeah 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 just knew, barely missed my list I knew that was gonna be on somebody's list good call we I don't we don't so need much. to even talk about it. it's just we all know yeah Andrew you're number one. Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Again, I just, every I, every movie you picked, Andrew, is like within my top yeah, thirteen. I, <laughs> it's clear, Andrew, you 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 went a little looser, and that's and that's how great. Is, but I, 
see because R2 because the AI in Star Wars is not the point of Star Wars. It's just not. Like there are AI characters in it, but But that's know. not what you said. You said movies that feature <laughs> artificial intelligence. Right. You I know? guess it's it's all in the definition of feature. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. You're not and... wrong. Nobody's begrudging you your list. No, okay. I'm just as a as a matter of clarification, Obviously, yeah. one of the Star Wars movies would have been on both of our lists. We just, you know, kind of focused more in on movies that were, you know, where the AI was central uh, yeah. and featured in that and, way. And, uh, so, Okay, yeah. going off of your guys' list, there's movies in my uh, honorable mention coming up that definitely would have fit right. the, uh, yeah. it's all yeah. about artificial intelligence. Sure, yeah. What do you got yeah, there? Totally. Because that's, I think, a more interesting conversation. Yeah, let's head like, into the honorable. We've Empire, talked about sure. Star Wars many, many okay. times, obviously. Yeah. So Empire let's let's Empire. talk about like uh, the honorable mentions. What are some of the other ones that you didn't put on your list? Tron Legacy. Yeah, yeah. that's yes, I agree. That's a great example. Yeah, that movie and not hyperbolic. Genuinely believe I think Tron Legacy has the best soundtrack of any movie ever. Mm-hmm. Like very it's good. perfect. Oh, it's so good. Um. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, yep. What are you doing? I can't let you back in, Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minority I'm Report. Sorry, it's not Dave. really featured. Yeah, it's not really featured. Uh, Minority Report, but it's it's one of those. You I know, thought near about. Future. Yeah. I love Minority Report. I, do too. Um, I thought I thought about it originally because I was thinking like the precog is a form of AI. But is it? No, they're not. They're people. They're, yeah. they're not oh, artificial. Right. They're, yeah, they're real people. They're, yeah. they're twins yeah. and a So I eventually decided not to. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, yeah. not the first one. Yep. <laughs> Agree. I like the Agree. F- Do you guys remember Moon? Yes, yeah. I had Moon in my honorable mentions. Okay. Absolutely, I had Moon in my honorable mentions. I got to rewatch that. I remember really liking it, but that so was good. 13 years ago. Yeah, that's one that's yeah. under a radar for a lot of people. Uh, hear it from all three of us. Sea Moon, um, yeah. it, is, it is worth a watch for sure. Very but another one of those. What do you call on. it? A one hander? Movies with like just one yeah. person in it? Yep, yep, totally. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna look it up because I remember the uh, the, the budget for that movie. There. The budget yeah. for that movie was insanely cheap. Hundreds of thousands. They did it really cheap. But David yeah. Bowie's kid made that. Duncan Jones. Yes, yeah, Duncan right. Jones yeah, did Duncan that Jones. one. Yeah. Uh, some movies that we haven't talked about yet, because um, I agree, yeah, Star Wars, Blade Runner, Wall-E, Ek Machina, uh, Interstellar. Um, we haven't talked about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with uh, Marvin the sure. Paranoid Android, sure. uh, who is a delightful little sidekick character. That's one of my favorite stories from Douglas Adams, uh, the, the book, the miniseries, the radio show, and then the Hollywood remake in 2005. Uh, all versions I've listened to most uh, are really excellent, and Marvin is... Not like an important character, but he's just a fun little side piece to... Yeah. Yeah. I love Hitchhikers. So good. Uh, I also would mention the recent Free Guy, speaking of uh, Ryan, Re- yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Um, that's an uh, AI a fun movie. character. And, well, and I've name-dropped Johnny Five a bunch, but uh, Short Circuit obviously yeah. qualifies as well. And that's a super sure. fun 80s sure. comedy. Uh, Big Hero 6 is another one I love yeah. uh, with Baymax. Uh, I actually forgot about center. that one, but that's really it's a po- yeah. It's a very popular genre in Hollywood, yeah. it seems. like it, Putting robots that like learn humanity is a big thing. And then if you really want to stretch the category, I'd throw Wizard of Oz uh, in there uh, Tin Man. as well. You got the Tin and, Man. I, and I didn't even think about this, but um, Data from Star Trek counts. And if sure. we're all talking movies, sure. and I could throw in First Contact. First Contact. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is an excellent sure. film with data, and like the whole half of the movie is about him and his emotions and stuff. So, yep. there you go, there you go. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to our buried treasure. What is that uh, one thing in pop culture that you want to make sure everybody knows about? Um, uh, I think I'll kick us off. Um, I finally got around to seeing Little Shop of Horrors in its entirety. Um, I was not ready for how much I liked this movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I... I, I I think I was prepared for like I was I knew what I was in store for. I've seen scenes in, you know, uh is like on a weirdness quotient, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for just how much this movie goes there. Like was willing to take the satire and really just go for it. I, I gotta rewatch it. It's been twenty years or more. It's since really I've seen good. It, it is really, I do remember really, loving really it, good. Um the music is it. fun. The music is good. Like I also recently rewatched uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I know the two kind of get um, yeah. uh, confused sometimes. Uh, in thought of a similar, I think they're very different movies. I'm not as big of a Rocky Horror fan. I think I understand the the cult status of it. I get that. I'll the music, the that. music beyond the first act of Rocky Horror is not all that great, and that movie kind of just stretches on forever. Um, but maybe it's just me. But I, I'd rather watch Rick Moranis. Like any day of the week at any He's project. He's so day. good in this. In I everybody around him is good. The movie Steve Martin comes in and just chews the walls apart. <laughs> like he's so good. Um, I, I generally just, can't think of a Steve Martin uh, uh, performance where he's not just like chewing scenery. Maybe <laughs> maybe in planes, trains, well, and automobiles, some. he's no, a little more some. subdued. Sure, there there. But are yeah, some, in but... Little Shop of Horrors, he is like well over <laughs> eleven in terms of. Uh, yeah, well, I, you got Rick Moranis, John Belushi, Steve Martin, Bill, Bill Murray, Murray and by the way, Frank, yeah. and it's a Frank Oz movie. I mean, what yeah. more do you need? Yeah, I, I listen, giant I just, animatronic puppets. Well, yeah. good let, news. I wanted to talk about that too. Not just animatronic, uh, uh, animatronic puppets. The most incredible animatronic puppets I've ever seen i yeah, no, it's I, pretty good it blew i was like wait did they redo this is this cg like like the the lip movement and i it was it blew my this movie kind of blew my mind and i wasn't ready for that um so if you've never seen little shop of horrors give it a chance i probably oversold it at this point i just know i no. i was i was not expecting it to be this great and it really is really great so yeah yeah little shop of horrors is my buried treasure Nice. I, I definitely got to revisit that one. Yep. For sure. Uh, let's see. Um, Andrew, what do you got? Well, Aaron, as you know, I'm going through the years of my life and knocking mm-hmm. off movies of my list of shame. So we're going to go all the way back to the year 1993. Unfortunately, the Black Hawk Down uh, attacks of Somalia happened. The World Trade Center was bombed for the first time. The Waco, the Waco commune was burned to the ground. I turned seven. And a little ditty of a film was released called Philadelphia, starring Denzel Washington. I I wanted to guess Philadelphia. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Especially since we were watching. Because that is the type of movie you would not have seen at seven. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't watch that until recently as well. Um, But yeah, what did you think about it? Yeah. Loved it. I really did love it. It's an astounding movie. I, I, I think the theme for this week is Tom Hanks movies where nothing but good things happen to him. So... That's (laughs) That's <laughs> that's how I felt about this one. It's mm-hmm. it's it's so good. I I mean, aside from Tom Hanks' performance and Denzel, you know those two titans are going to come in and they're going to deliver. I loved how 
genuine and realistic the courtroom like sequences felt. I don't I don't know how I really feel about you know we're getting snippets day by day. It's not like a, a court it's not your classic courtroom film where you know you've got prolonged scenes in the courtroom with a lot of back and forth with the cross examination and everything. It's more like a hey we're gonna have one uh uh witness on stand they're going to give a quick testimony, then we're going to cut to, like, Denzel Washington in a food market, and then we're going to come back to the courtroom, like, a week later, and we're going to see, you know, somebody else on the witness stand. And then yeah, I, it's, I, think it's, I think it's for that sort of disparate editing that people kind of disqualify it as, like, a good legal film, but there's a lot of... That's, like, the heart of the story. It's what it's based on. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's really powerful stuff. Uh yeah, it, powerful is an understatement. It was such a good movie. I, I, it, I think I'm okay with having waited this long to see it because I feel now I can appreciate it a lot yes, more. Sure. Uh, it's definitely uh, ahead of its time, you know, for when this movie came out, '93, uh, uh, to to have such a a proponent film for the gay community and for, you know, what was going on with AIDS and HIV and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, no, I mean, 93, like, this country was still reeling from the AIDS crisis of the 80s. And, yeah, you know, being sympathetic towards LGBTQ was still uh, not popular. Um, I mean, Absolutely. famously, I think Obama was the first president to really openly be like, yeah, gay people are okay. And that was 15 years later. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's Actually, amazing how quickly public opinion has changed on that topic. But yeah, 1993, a lot of us were still kind of bigoted, to put mm-hmm. it frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna try and put a, a good face on and say that I've always been a, you know, the best friend to the LGBTQ community, but I'm doing my best to make up for it. So that that counts for a lot, though. Being willing to change mm-hmm. counts for a lot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, uh, great film, great film. So. Yep. There you go. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs, Streets of Philadelphia. Just a beautiful ballad. It is. It, it, closed, the, uh, it opens and closes with a city of brotherly yeah. love. Yeah. Gorgeous film. Uh, John, what do you got? What's your buried treasure? Uh, this was really hard for me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've been watching horror movies all of October. Um, <laughs> none of them I would qualify as like a buried treasure. Everyone needs to go see. And the one movie I really loved, Hereditary, everyone already has seen. Uh, so I, I struggle to come up with something that uh, maybe you guys haven't heard about or, or people haven't looked at. And this month, uh, after horror movies in October, I wanted to start watching a bunch of westerns and knock off elements uh, from that list of shame. And a movie I watched this week, uh, Johnny Guitar, uh, directed by Nicholas Ray, came out in 1954, um, is a really modern and um, uh, progressive western that did not feel like an old Technicolor 50s Western. This movie has progressive female characters who take charge and are stronger than their male counterparts. It has, um, I almost want to say, like a European-style uh, narrative that is very, um, it's more like emotion-based, and it's not just based on like the tough cowboy has to stand up to the bad people. Um, there's definitely more of a emotional and and thematic underpinning to this entire thing, especially the ending, which feels so modern and and um, un-American. Like this, I don't want to say it's an anti-Western, 
But I was so taken aback by like, wow, this does not feel like a 50s John Wayne Western. Hmm. John Wayne's not in it, but I was expecting like just classic, uh, you know, shooting on horseback with like bad projection screen behind them. Uh, And this movie's more about like uh, reconnecting with like a long lost love and like trying to find your purpose despite opposition. And then like a fun shootout at the end that does not end the way you expect it to. And one of those sort of almost like uh, Francis Truffaut style endings where you're not you're not really sure how you're supposed to feel about it. Um, Johnny Guitar uh, would be, get a big recommend from me. It was unexpected amongst nice. a sea of very predictable westerns. You know what? You I go. have not seen it, so I just put it on my uh, list. A lot of, I don't think a lot of people have. It does not have, have a it, ton. No. It does not have a ton of uh, ratings on Letterbox, but the ones it uh, it does have are all nines and tens. Uh, it's in the top five hundred on my. Big list of uh, great films uh, list hey. that I put together a couple years back. So it's it's solid. A really, really good picture. Nice. It's nice. got everybody's That's... favorite mommy dearest, Joan Crawford, in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that is Johnny Guitar, which is on Prime, Hulu, and Paramount+. Plus. You can find that in several places. Uh, so Johnny Guitar, Philadelphia is on Prime, and Little Shop of Horrors is on HBO Max. Uh, nice. Thank check you any for of those out. Uh, What's yeah, that? Early, early, early er, er, Ernest Borgnine in that film. <laughs> okay, then. nice, nice. Before well, we did he it, guys. won the Oscar for uh, Marty, I think we did a podcast. Um, yeah, we did. We have we have accomplished all of our goals today, um, and it was it was it was touch all and go there for a second. Three heists completed. <laughs> That's right. All our eggs are in one basket. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Uh, thank you to Drew for putting together visuals for the show. Hey, yeah, buddy. And thank you to John Paula for hanging out with us again. Uh, John, where would you? Uh, what would you like to promote? What would you like to tell people about? They can find you. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, before we recorded, Aaron, I have embarrassingly not uploaded to YouTube in 23 months. So let's send the <laughs> folks this week uh, over to my Letterbox channel. Uh, I'm still reviewing films quite often and uh, watching at least a film every single day. Uh, and I have not skipped a day since the start of the pandemic. I am both proud and ashamed of that. So follow my progress and find out when I finally miss a day. Live your dream. Letterbox.com slash John Paula. Very nice. Uh, you, you really started uh, that as almost a YouTube's uh, anonymous meeting. Like, it has yeah. been 23 months since my last YouTube upload. Hi, John Paula. Hi, John. Hi, my name is John. 23 months since I've uploaded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're I, glad although, to have you in, 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 in full honesty, though, I don't know that the addiction is YouTube itself or being away from YouTube. Because uh, I enjoy both if for different reasons. Being Fair away enough. from the platform, I think, is probably better for my health. So Fair enough. Fair enough for Enjoying sure. Uh, you can check out John there. Uh, if you want to check out more things Sif Pop, uh, you can do that at SifPop.com. You can also support what goes on at Sif Pop uh, through Patreon. Patreon.com slash SiftPop. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. Uh, different levels, you get access to all the bonus episodes. We record one of those every week, as well as... Uh, some ad-free versions and some different things as well. 
there's also lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, you can also email us. We still do that. Feedback at sifpop.com if you've got something you want to say. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than winning a game of Rock Jenga. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, probably with King Richard in The Harder They Fall uh, are the two we're looking at doing next week. So uh, we will catch you then. Bye. 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 At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.